0: Harry Bird's not walking through that door. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. The okay. kick.
1: It is...
0: God, God, God,
1: God. To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa, Florida. Hope everybody had a great Fourth of July weekend. We were off last week. So we are back to give you a great episode this week. We're going to talk the Tampa Bay Lightning going back to back. We're going to talk Euro, Euro final in London, Wimbledon, and Djokovic, a couple of NFL notes. And then we are going to have Deshaun Tate from Tate's Take on Hoops. He's a basketball analyst. We're going to talk to Deshaun about the NBA finals, Team USA, and the NBA draft. So hope you Hope you will enjoy the episode. Appreciate you finding us, and let's get right into it. First off, I'll give you a little little uh, cultural note. Uh, the city of Tampa, the uh, has been uh, the last couple of nights, there's been a major major uh, Cuban protest going on with all the issues going on in down in Cuba. Tampa has a huge Cuban commu- community, and the Cubans are taking to the streets and protesting and blocking off streets and all that kind of good stuff. So the last couple of nights here in Tampa have been a little bit interesting on the roads, trying to navigate. They are um, several of the major intersections in town are being uh, are being uh, barricaded and blocked and all that stuff. It's it's peaceful from all indications, but a little bit more challenging on the driving, trying to get home. And I I live kind of right on the fringe of the of the the Cuban neighborhood here in Tampa. So I'm have had some challenges driving in and out, in and out of the house the last couple of nights, but hopefully all that stuff gets rectified here pretty soon and everybody stays safe out there. So let's first get to the Tampa Bay lightning go back to back. They beat the Canadians four games to one another one to nothing win in game five in Tampa last week. Vasilevsky's the con Smythe winner. Two Stanley Cups in a row for the Lightning. Had the boat parade earlier this week on the Hillsborough River, the famous boat parade. We are officially Champa Bay with three titles in the last less than 12 months. Two Stanley Cups, Super Bowl. The Rays made it to Game 6 of the World Series for almost a fourth title. So we'll see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can do to try to match the Lightning's back-to-back heading into the 2021 season um interesting offseason coming for the Lightning and the whole league. We have an expansion draft coming. Got a new team in Seattle. So Seattle will be taking some players from all the different teams around the league. And this in the Lightning do have some uh, contractual issues to deal with. A lot of they were about 8 or 9 million dollars over the salary cap heading into the playoffs, so they're going to have to rectify that. So Tampa Bay Lightning will probably lose a couple of key players on the on the championship rosters. But what a performance by Vasilevsky, Kucherov, um, and company for the Lightning to win their second back-to-back Stanley Cup championship. As I know, my, our buddy T.J. Reeves was out at the, at the boat parade uh, celebrating on the Riverwalk here in Tampa this last Monday. So, congrats to all the Lightning fans and the Lightning Nation and the Bolts on back-to-back. Next topic... The Euros, the Euro final was Sunday in London and Wembley, pitting England and Italy. England, uh, both in Italy, both advanced to the final on Sunday. England scores in the second minute of the game with a, with a glorious start. The Italians tie it up probably 15, 20 minutes into the second half. And the game goes to penalty kicks where the Italians, led by Donnarumma in the net, Prevail in PKs. A couple of uh, coaching decisions I want to mention real quick. Was very surprised that one, Garrett Southgate, the manager of England, waited till the 120th minute to get Sancho and Rashford in the game, who, who they, he ended up using in PKs. You got to get them in the game a few minutes prior to that, figure out a way to get them a little bit of a sweat going. These guys basically came off the bench cold as ice cubes, had basically one minute of play before they went to penalty kicks, and then you choose those two guys to go to penalty kicks as your third and fourth shooter. I didn't understand that why you're going to put those guys in that position, and then why do you put the 19-year-old Saka in the fifth spot of penalty kicks and basically your make or miss um, gotta have position. If you think he's one of the best five penalty takers, you put him set first or second along uh, in the order. You don't put him at number five as a 19-year-old kid in Wembley with all that pressure of of the Euro final. I didn't understand that one bit. Um, You know, I didn't understand putting Harry Kane first. Um, But other than that, you know, great effort by the Italians to get the game to overtime. They were the better side throughout. England kind of played very defensive after they got the early goal in the second minute. That was the only shot of the game they had on net, which is appalling if you're an English fan, uh, very defensive. I didn't like didn't like that one bit. You know you, they almost scored too soon in the game, and then Italy put on a lot of pressure, tied the game up mid second half, took the game to overtime. Do you like the game ending in PKs? Mm. I don't have a problem with it because it's dramatic. They did play 30 minutes of overtime to give the teams a chance to win. I wish they would play sudden death overtime. They don't. They play a full 30 minutes. I would prefer there to be sudden death overtime, Um, but they did play 30 full minutes, then they go to penalty kicks. I don't have a problem with it. It's not the best way to end a, a major final like that, but England still remains without a championship trophy since 1966. The Italians with a dramatic resurgence of their national team after missing the 2018 World Cup. Great job by the Italians and Mancini. What a keeper they have in Donnarumma, young guy. He's going to be around for a long time. The two veterans in, in defense, Banucci and Chiellini, get another trophy under their belt. Good for them. But just a little disappointed in the, in the English. I think they could have been the better team. Lots of lots of talent on the English roster, and they will definitely be a major factor in the World Cup next year in Qatar. Um, Copa America final Saturday night in Brazil in the Medicana. Stadium in Rio. Uh, Argentina gets it done against Brazil. Messi finally wins his first title for the Argentine national team. A huge win. It's the first time Brazil's lost in Brazil in a, in a, in a major tournament in forever. But full credit to, to, to uh, Argentina. <clears throat> Di Maria with the game winner. <clears throat> Great job by the Argentinian team. Again, similar to Italy, they've had a lot of disappointment on the world stage, but good for Messi and Argentina to get it done to win the Copa America final heading into the World Cup next next summer. So, two great uh, weekends worth of soccer matches if you're a soccer fan. Uh, the other big big deal in London over the weekend was Wimbledon. Novak Djokovic gets it done to win his twentieth major. Unbelievable that he's tied both Nadal and Federer with 20 majors. Who would have ever thought three guys in the same era would all have 20 majors? Djokovic definitely gonna will probably surpass him. Djokovic, three-quarters of the way to the natural Grand Slam, will be the first time since Rod Laver in the 60s to have done it. He's got to go to the U.S. Open here in September and get it done in, in Flushing Meadow. But what an accomplishment by Djokovic to tie Federer and Nadal, a very valiant uh, competitor in the final in Berrettini, the Italian, on Sunday in Wimbledon. But Djokovic heads to New York with a chance to make history with the Grand Slam. He's probably going to go to Tokyo as well for the Olympics to try to win the Golden Slam. But more importantly, Flushing Meadow, electric atmosphere for the U.S. Open upcoming for Novak Djokovic to try to complete the Grand Slam. In 2021. NFL notes. A couple of NFL notes. Training camp for most teams is about two and a half, three weeks away. There were no major opt-out. At, the opt-out deadline was over the 4th of July weekend. There were no opt-outs. Speculation was Aaron Rodgers could potentially opt out. He did not. Like I told you, he wouldn't. I think you're going to see Aaron Rodgers in training camp mid-August. With about two weeks left before the regular season, he will eventually report, in my opinion, to the Packers. The Packers are not trading him um, at this point, Uh, but I think you will see Rodgers with about you know two weeks to ten days to go before Week One. Report to the Packers and get the couple weeks in the training camp before the regular season starts. Another note coming out of uh, the NFL: Cameron Kindley, the Naval Academy uh, player, who the Defense Department had said and the Naval Academy said could not go to training camp with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Has been given clearance to go to training camp with the Buccaneers, as he should have been. It'd be a stupid PR move for the Naval Academy to not do that, and the U.S. Uh, U.S. Uh, Defense Department not to do that. You allow the guy to go to mini-camp to earn a spot to get an opportunity to potentially go to training camp. You have to allow the guy to go to, to training camp. He'll be a great PR piece for the Naval Academy and the other service academies. Again, he's not gonna not gonna not uh, perform his duty. If his NFL career fizzles out, when it fizzles out, he'll definitely definitely be a uh, contributing member to the academy. He'll be a great again great PR for the academy. He's a great kid from all indications, and I think he'll end up making the Tampa Bay roster at least on the practice squad. You know, from uh, as a, I think he's a defensive back. The Buccaneers would love to have a guy with those with that pedigree in the Naval Academy. If he's competitive enough in training camp, I do think you'll see him on the practice squad at worst with the Buccaneers. Again, it'll be a good PR move for the Buccaneers as well if he's at all a competitive player. So, good for him. Um, good for the Naval Academy to finally uh, relent on the on that on that rule. Very rarely do you have the uh, academy players that are good enough to be in the NFL, so good for them for allowing those guys to go to training camp and such uh, for Cameron Kinley and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, The All-Star Games going on this week out in Denver, Coors Field. The Home Run Derby concluded with Tampa's own, yes, Tampa Plant High School product. Pete Alonzo wins a back-to-back Home Run derbies. He beat Trey Mancini of the Orioles. Great story. Everybody was anticipating Shohei Otani. He lost in the first round to Juan Soto. But again, home run derby in Colorado, bombs away. Pete Alonso claim making the making the moniker. He's the best home run hitter on the planet. He's he's got a lot of a bravado. Very very uh, confident guy. Made a million dollars to win the home run derby where he's only making six hundred grand. <laughs> To play for the Mets this year, so a nice payday for Pete Alonso as well. So, congrats to Tampa's own Pete Alonso, Plant High School, for winning the back-to-back home run derbies. Um, as far as the All-Star game goes, I could care less. I'm not watching. Um, you know, so many of the, of the All-Stars that were voted in and selected did not end up showing up. Not a fan of of what Correa and Altuve did one bit, or Jacob DeGrom get your asses to Denver, show up, play in the game for a couple innings and be done with it, but did not play in that game, especially for the Houston guys after all the stuff that they they, uh, have been basically exonerated, not exonerated, but for the the, the lack of penalty that they had to suffer for all their uh, cheating that went back in 17 and and such, for them to not show up when they were healthy enough to play on Sunday. Altuve hits a game-winning three-run homer on Sunday against the Yankees but he's not healthy enough to play in the All-Star game for a couple innings. Give me a freaking break, Jose Altuve. That's why you're not a lovable guy. You're not a a popular figure around the league, and that's why you'll continue to have bad karma towards the Houston Astros and such um, throughout the year. So down on the guys that that decided not to play um, because they're tired or because they want a longer vacation. Give me a freaking break, guys. You get four months, five months off a year in, in the offseason. Freaking go to the All-Star Game for a couple days. Have a vacation out in Denver. Bring your family out to Denver. Lots of fun things to do out there. Go on a vacation out in Denver the next day in Colorado. But uh, good for Denver for the All-Star Game, but I won't be watching unwatchable material in the All-Star Game for the most part. But All right, there you have it. Those are some thoughts, some quick random thoughts of the week. Next up is going to be Deshaun Tate. Tate's Take on Hoops podcast all over social media. He's out of uh, based out of Atlanta. Again, we're going to talk all things NBA Finals, U.S. Olympic team, having some uh, rough exhibition games, we'll talk a little NBA draft, some trade rumors going on in the league as well. So enjoy our chat with Deshaun Tate. You're listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Check us out. Send us a Twitter uh, message at J sports on Twitter and tell a friend refer to the powers on sports podcast. We'll be right back in just a minute with Deshaun Tate. Thanks for tuning into the powers on sports podcast. We really appreciate it. Remember to subscribe, rate and review before we get back to the episode. Want to mention Titan home lending. If you have any home financing needs in the state of Florida, reach out to me, Jason powers Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. I can help you with a home purchase, with a refinance, with a cash-out refinance, with a renovation loan, a VA loan, FHA loan, conventional loan, and virtually anything in between relative to home financing. So reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. You can reach me on email at jpowers at titan hl.com enjoy the rest of the podcast welcome back to the podcast appreciate you finding us google apple podcast stitcher spotify and all your podcast platforms in the back half of this podcast we are very very pleased to bring back deshaun tate deshaun is the host of tate's take on hoops a very good basketball podcast both college and pro Talks all things college, pro hoops, draft, Olympics, AAU stuff, all kind of great stuff. So, Deshaun, welcome back to the podcast, man.
0: No, JP, I appreciate you for having me, man. I know we are talking about putting something like this together again since the last time that uh, we had a chance to kind of chat a little bit over 94 feet long and 50 feet wide, and I'm glad that we finally have the opportunity to do it again, man. I'm blessed and thankful.
1: Yeah, you and I talked right before the playoffs started. And so give me your, just give me your quick thoughts on the playoffs in general. Obviously, we got game four coming up, Phoenix, Milwaukee. Your Hawks in, in, your, we're in your hometown of Atlanta made a big run to the conference finals. Trey Young exploded on the scene, that whole Hawks organization. Great things. They re-signed Nate McMillan as the coach. Just your general thoughts about the playoffs in general.
0: Well, I'll say this much, much first and foremost in the most respectful of ways. I have to make sure I mention they're not necessarily my Hawks. I cover oh, yeah. Hawks. I forgot you're a Pistons guy. I'm a, I'm a diehard. I'm a bad boy by nature, by birth. So uh, we'll see what happens with this number one pick. I'm sure we're going to get into that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it was good, uh, especially for business, with the Atlanta Hawks being the team that I cover. Uh, that was really good. I'm not used to uh, extensively covering basketball, uh, at least – Not this much in depth with a particular team that I cover uh, at this point of the season, but that made it good. And uh, obviously being a huge advocate for what Trey Young has been able to do since he was age 16 uh, has made me look really good as well. Of course, that always helps. But no, it's just been busy, man. It's been great. And playoffs has been awesome. I mean, listen, we can talk all the trash you want about Mike Budenhoser. I'll raise my hand because I'll be the first one to say uh, that I've (laughs) compared him to Rick. I've compared him to Rick Barnes. I've called him the, you know, the 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 NBA version of Rick Barnes, and being a really great uh, regular season coach and not as great of a postseason coach. He's gotten his team to uh, the NBA Finals now, and obviously loving to see uh, Chris Paul win another champ or win a championship somebody working you know 16 17 years in this league and just the outstanding person that he is after having a chance to meet him and being the president of the mbpa and uh, even the way that you know he got um he got slighted from going over to the lakers at one point in time he ends up on the clippers arguably the worst uh franchise in the history uh and now seeing where they are right now I, i i think that is great man and uh You know, the two teams who are supposed to be there, I believe, are there right now duking it out for a championship and there won't be any asterisk. There's nobody playing in a bubble. There's crowd and fans back in this thing. So I'm just ear to ear as happy as could possibly be that uh, we are towards the end, uh, which is a good thing because we get a chance to see who's going to be either taking that uh, that that Larry O'Brien trophy uh, over to. Uh, the city where they make a, a ton of beer uh, or or the Larry O'Brien trophy uh, being raised over in the desert. So we'll right. see, but I'm excited for whichever way uh, it turns out.
1: I think it's good for the league. You got two teams that haven't won in forever. I mean, I think it's a, a, even though TV ratings may not be great and all that stuff, but for the league, the healthiness of the league, I think it's good that you kind of got two kind of smaller market teams that are in the mm-hmm. mix. Obviously, you know, obviously Atlanta made a great run. Quick thought on Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. Sounds like the trade winds are a, are a blow-in after his, uh, I won't say, I don't know how you want to characterize his performance, just his inability to, 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 to shoot the ball. Say what you yeah. want about Ben Simmons' skill set. If you can't shoot the ball in that league, eventually you, you, you can't be considered a great player. And it's just, it's sad to see that he that he was so nervous and so scared to shoot the ball, especially in that Hawks series. He had the dunk late in the game. You could have tied the game up and passed it and all that stuff. So quick thought on Ben Simmons. W- w- give me a couple places where you think he'd be a good fit.
0: Yeah, I know that some people say he was uh, definitely uh, criticized a little bit for not shooting the ball on that last one and dunking it in. I guess he was a little bit concerned that, uh, that, um, <laughs> that Danilo Gallinari was going to block his shot. But if you're concerned about Danilo Gallinari blocking his shot, <laughs> they're having a different conversation. Uh, But outside of that, I mean, listen, I I think that there will certainly be some suitors. He's obviously a really good basketball player, a good talent. Uh, How much does he want to get better and improve in certain areas? I can't be the person that answer that. But just because we're both light skinned, uh, that doesn't mean that I have the answers per se. (laughs) Um, With that being said, though, I mean, I'd like to see him, you know, go back to the drawing board and certainly work on his game quite a bit. Um, If if he's going to be really taking notes from anybody throughout this process, it probably should be Paul George. I mean, he is basically in the same position that Paul George was in the postseason about 365 days ago uh, where, you know, Paul George is shooting the ball from the back, hitting the side of the backboard. People (laughs) are killing him, scrutiny, all these different things. Uh, And he found a way to come up out of that and ultimately led this, Clippers team uh, to a place uh, that they had never been before without Kawhi Leonard Uh, and and I think that that's something you know that Ben Simmons should visit uh, to see exactly psychologically how he came up out of that situation I I don't think that Golden State would necessarily be a bad fit uh, personally for me because they don't need him to shoot the ball I'm not sure if that's really Uh, putting him in the position where he is uh, where it's giving him an escape, a way out of not being, you know, forced to work on his game in terms of shooting the ball, giving him some confidence, but being able to play with some guys, Uh, that he doesn't have to worry about doing some of those things and learning how to be a winner. I think that that's something that Kevin Durant learned in his time with Golden State. I think that that's something that many of those guys learned. So I don't think that there are a ton of, like, really ideal spots for Ben Simmons, much like because some of the reasons that you just mentioned where you have to be able to be willing to shoot the ball. But somebody will put some confidence in him. I mean, listen. You might even be able to say, I think I heard some guys talking about this earlier that I thought would be an interesting fit, maybe being the San Antonio Spurs. Pop loves guys like these with these type of uh, abilities uh, that can defend and are big and right. lengthy. Um, and in the event that it's a good fit and Ben Simmons is willing to sit down and listen to Pop and work on him getting better because they have a great uh, team of player development, staff over there in San Antonio yeah. uh, is something that I think could certainly be very beneficial for him. I don't know if these are the perfect amongst perfect fits for Ben Simmons, but in that same breath, I'm not really sure that there is there one. Probably at, you know, I mean, there probably isn't a perfect fit. I mean, they're probably, yeah, there, there, there probably isn't one. And, and,
1: <laughs> and I think Philadelphia is probably in the position of they probably realize they're not going to get equal value for him. So, you know, a place like sure. Golden State they may have to take Andrew Wiggins back in that contract type deal to make that work. So, you know, I think Philadelphia is understands that. You know, they're not going to get. You know, he's a great talent, but it, but if the guy can't make a twelve foot jumper and refuses to even try, you have to. I mean, what can I do? I mean, yeah, you got my hands are mean. tied. <laughs> so I mean, who knows? News came out. You mentioned Kawhi Leonard. News came out just a little while ago. He had. Partially torn ACL. He had surgery today, so we kind of finally realized what the injury was. So you think you think uh, Kawhi is going to stay in LA, or do you think obviously he's a pending free agent, or do you think there's a chance he leaves LA?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's likely that he's going to stay. Uh, then again, because uh, you know when you're when you're in a situation like this, team was just in where they're literally right there on the cusp. Uh, And with him being such a big time player of being able, I mean, with Kawhi Leonard, I don't think it would surprise anybody if the Clippers ended up beating the Suns. Now, now I was the person that said, I think that the Suns still would have won that series. But any time something can potentially go seven and it can go either way, it's just a flip of a coin. Um, So I think that he ultimately will stay. Um, but I'm not inside of the brain of Kawhi Leonard. I'm not sure that anybody else is besides Kawhi Leonard. I'm not sure if anybody else wants to be <laughs> besides Kawhi Leonard. If I'm just being honest, but and, for and a most guy, importantly, you know, Uncle who, Dennis. Uh, sat Uncle Dennis. Yeah, seriously, seriously, seriously. Uh, a good, good point there. And and for a guy who uh, you know San, went, was so willing to leave San Antonio yeah. from some of the rumors allegedly of. Uh, maybe him being mistreated in some ways, uh, whatever those ways were, and then go to Toronto, you win a championship, you have nothing else to prove, you don't need to come back or have to come back. But he did his part and then he left. So for LA, we don't really know what's going to come of it. Uh, But I would like to see him. um, I think the most important thing is I would just like to see him healthy, no matter where he goes. Uh, and him getting back into that same conversation uh, of of being uh, the best player in this league, potentially, if not, certainly one of the top five and top ten.
1: All right. Good, good, good thoughts there. Let's get to the finals. 2-1 Phoenix, game four coming up on Wednesday night in Milwaukee in the Deer District. Just some quick thoughts, just the first three games. Obviously, none of the first three games have been super competitive. I don't think there's been a lead change after halftime, I think I read, not, which is which is hard to believe in an NBA game, not one lead change in three games. Just your thoughts on, obviously, Giannis is playing really well. He got a lot of help from Holiday and Middleton in game three. You got the Suns with Paul, Booker, and Aiton. It's kind of the big three versus the big three. Just your general thoughts as we head into game four.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I can't see, I see Milwaukee winning this game in game four, uh, just that hostile environment. I know a lot of people might say that doesn't make that big of a difference. For me, it does in some ways. Yep. Um, but, you know, the, uh, another part of that is just forcing uh, Phoenix to defend uh, is something of, of how I think that they came away with that big-time win. I mean, you got some guys from Phoenix who typically has a good game that didn't necessarily have a really good game. Obviously, Devin Booker struggled yep. uh, shooting the ball. Cameron Payne looks significantly different in a road uniform versus in a home uniform. And uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think between Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and I'm missing another player. I'm not sure if it's DeAndre Ayton. I could be totally wrong or screwing this whole thing up totally but I think Giannis scored more points than all three of those guys uh combined or or, or something around that rank right right uh give or take minus and add a plus a player uh but Giannis was big and that's just what Giannis needs to be I think that he knows that he needs to be that in order for them to win basketball games I don't really think they can afford for Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton to both Uh, score at 20 or under 20 points and and, and still expect to add a number to the left side of the result column. Uh, But one of the biggest difference makers for this Milwaukee team, I think uh, without a doubt is, I think it hurts them a little bit, not really, really having a bona fide traditional prototypical point guard after they got rid of, or after uh, they didn't re-sign Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, but something that I think has certainly helped them because that was a concern, but something I think helped them is bringing Bobby, Crazy Eyes, Portis, yep. inserting him along with uh, w- with a PJ Tucker, right. bringing some toughness to this yep. team. I'm not sure that they were really that tough of a team. Uh, I-, I wasn't under that impression, especially uh, coming off the year that they had last year. Two-time MVP and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, listen, I-, I think that they will tie the series up. Wouldn't surprise me if Phoenix ended up going up three one, but I'm gonna take Milwaukee in a game four.
1: I'm with you too. I think that I think that home crowd's gonna be a big difference, and I'm gonna give you a name that I think's been a, is a huge factor. In, in, as the longer this series goes, the Suns not having Dario Saric to give mm. Aiton some break and to have a little bit of a physical presence, a little bit of size on the rebounding side. I think the longer this series goes. Phoenix is pretty thin, especially on the front line. I mean, they don't have any help. Kaminsky's not been very good and is not very productive. Sarge has been a pretty productive guy. Can give, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game to give Aiton a little bit. Because Aiton's played really well when he stayed in the game, but he's having to guard Giannis a lot, and that's getting him into foul trouble. And when Aiton goes out of the game, they made a huge run in the game when he picked up his fourth foul in game three. Your thoughts of Sarich not being available in the depth of the Suns?
0: Yeah, I think one of the other things is when you're talking about not having a key piece like Asaric is the physicality that he can bring sometimes, you know, that European physicality. And he's not afraid of the the moment or there's no task really necessarily uh, too tough for him. Uh, I I wouldn't go as far as to say he's tough as nails, but he does bring some of that physicality aspect uh, to the game. And obviously Aiton, I mean, this, people forget Aiton is the number one pick in arguably or inarguably the best, if not the best, top three drafts uh, in the history of the NBA draft in 2018. Many people think about Luka Doncic and, you know, this guy, that guy and Trey Young and so forth. Uh, but people forget Aiton is, is an animal. He's, yeah. he's he's mean. He's tough there on the inside as well, obviously. Uh, and he's playing with a ton of confidence. And as he'll tell you, a lot of it, much of- The reason is because of uh, having Chris Paws in addition to that team as well. So not having Sarich, I think, hurts. But I don't think that that's something that will keep them from winning an NBA championship by any stretch.
1: And I think a key to the series moving forward is going to be, like you said, the bench play. Portis, Connaughton, those guys versus Cameron Payne, Cam Johnson. If you get anything out of Corey Craig... I think those in, in the points they score, it's not necessarily the defense. It's more the point production. They score to give the other guys a little bit of a break because, you know, again, Milwaukee's going to go as Giannis holiday and Middleton go, but they need that extra eight or 10 points out of Connaughton a few points mm-hmm. out of, uh, you know, the, the Bobby Portis played really well in his, in his minutes the other night in game three. So can Phoenix get some production from the other big three, the cam, the cam Johnson's a cam, uh, campaigns T- can pj tucker hit that timely three-pointer so jay crowder is another guy he played pretty well in game three it's the the shot makers moving forward that aren't the big three to me are going to be a huge factor
0: yeah i was going to say that jay crowder he took the words right out of my mouth i was going with that next you're living in my head rent free right now jp what we that do, guy a uh, uh, crowder jay crowder jc Man, Jay Crowder has been a really huge piece. me. I mean, you think about what he was for, like, Miami a yep. year ago and some of the other teams that he's played for. I mean, Dallas and some of these other teams, he's just pretty much been that Draymond Green type. Right. He has been that physical guy. He has been that emotional leader for a lot of the teams, and he kind of flies under the radar, and uh, maybe not a lot of people necessarily talk about him. He can hit the big-time shot from three, and a lot of times he's guarding the best player on the opposite team and bringing offense. You talk about three and D or you talk about guys who equally play both sides of the ball. Right. That is Jay Crowder. He is the definition of exactly what that is. And you better believe if they win an NBA championship this year, a huge piece that nobody's really going to talk about yeah. is going to be Jay Crowder and how he contributed and assisted to doing exactly just that.
1: And obviously game four and beyond Devin Booker's got to play much better. He played very poorly in game three. You know, I, I think it was a good thing that they benched that he got sat down by Monty Williams for that whole fourth quarter. I think that was good for him, because again, Phoenix has had very little adversity, a little bit of Chris Paul adversity, but Devin Booker hasn't had a lot of adversity. He's been at the top of the mountain all throughout the playoffs, putting up big points, big numbers. I think it was good. I think it's gonna be good for him to have a game like that in Game Three.
0: No, I definitely, uh, certainly agree with you on that. And listen. Devin Booker is, is is as fierce of a competitor as you could probably find uh, out here around this league, and you know just the kind of scorer that he is. And he doesn't give up on defense. You know he's not a bad defender, and if he gets burned on a couple plays, it's not because he's not working. He's yep. always just working and always moving around. Mid range jump shots, you don't find that in a lot of guys. Everything's either dunking a basketball or shooting from the logo. Yep. Finding somewhere to get inside of the teeth of the defense, shooting mid-range jump shots, getting a lot of that from Chris Paul as well. Some of those opportunities and just learning how critical and vital that that is to today's game. I think it's something that certainly just kind of helps and is very beneficial for his game personally and for the Phoenix Suns.
1: All right. So it sounds like we both think Milwaukee's going to win game four. Give me your prediction for the series. I think it's going seven games. I'm going to give Phoenix a, a slight edge in that seventh game because it's in Phoenix. I think that building will be on fire. Your thoughts, where's this series going?
0: Yeah, I think Phoenix is going to close them out. I'm not sure that there's really a, a whole lot more that um, Milwaukee is going to be able to do. Now that's going to be the difference maker is if they tie it up to a piece. Right. Uh, what does that mean for, for Phoenix, you know, Phoenix, Phoenix has to go in Milwaukee and steal a game. I know that Milwaukee has to go into Phoenix, but I feel like it's a lot tougher for Phoenix to go into Milwaukee than it is for Milwaukee to go into Phoenix and steal a game. And so with that being said, it makes a lot of sense to go seven games. But uh, I I do think that after, uh, after Wednesday, Wednesday night's game, Phoenix is going to go ahead and take the other two. If you say it's going seven, I mean that, 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 that's nothing to scream and shout at by any means. I mean, Hey, Listen, who wouldn't want seven games, yeah. boost the ratings up a, 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 a quite a bit, and just everything that you work hard for through the pandemic and right. everything, you know, that, that Milwaukee, all the scrutiny and criticism that they've gotten uh, since, the, since the end of last season, of course, uh, Phoenix obviously playing for something as well, going undefeated in the bubble, still being left on the outside, looking in yeah. uh, to maybe have a chance at that championship. They're playing with a lot on uh, on, on their plate as well. And, and to see it go seven games, that's, that's what you dream about as a right. kid. I mean, that yeah. is the equivalent of being in the driveway saying three, two, one and putting a <laughs> shot up at the buzzer. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what hopes and dreams and goals and aspirations are all about from a young age. And it would be nice to see it go seven. I think I'm going to still stick with Phoenix and six for now.
1: I got you. Good, good, good talk there. All right, let's transition to the guys that are not in the playoffs any longer. The guys on the U S Olympic team, they've had a disastrous start to their exhibition season, Nigeria, Australia beats them. They come back and win. They beat Argentina pretty soundly but just your general thoughts about the Olympic team had only lost two exhibition games in the previous who know in the previous, like 56 games, then they go. zero and two to start this exhibition season, Greg Popovich taking over for coach K you got a lot of new Olympian kind of guys, no bigs on the roster, a lot of shooting. You got Durant, you got Beal, you got some other guy, you know, some of these other guys, just your thoughts about USA and leading up to the Olympics getting beat by Nigeria of all people led by Mike Brown and then a really good Australia team. They're, they're legit. They got a bunch of NBA guys that are good players, Patty Mills, Ingles, those kind of guys that are really good NBA players, but your thoughts on the, on the U S Olympic team heading to Tokyo. Yeah,
0: it's not nearly as much of a surprise to me to see the way that they have struggled Um, a large part because, you know, checking out some FIBAs about a year ago and just, seeing what they're, or, or a little over a year ago, rather, uh, and see them taking seventh place. I mean, that's just something you're not used to. But this isn't just, you're going to take the USA team because you're wearing the uniform. You're going to step up yeah. there on the floor and guys are just going to roll over. This, this game of the NBA, first of all, some of the best players in the NBA now are are are. are in, uh, of the NBA only transformed into international style anyway. And I think that that's something that's giving the international players uh, a huge huge lift uh, and just have, having some confidence. I mean, listen, I, I had the opportunity, I'm going to go to my notes here, and I hope that this doesn't mess anything up, but I had the opportunity in a post-game presser, which was the Milwaukee-Atlanta at Atlanta, Game 4 Eastern Conference Finals uh, pre-game press conference, and Nate McMillan, who's now the official, uh, who's now the official head coach of the Atlanta Hawks, was asked about uh, the Olympic team. And and he quotes, when I joined the U.S. Olympic team, which I feel like was that 2000, 2004, somewhere in that range, uh, they were trying to change how that team was put together and change the type of talent that was invited and not form a monster roster. And honestly, uh, JP, I think that that's what I think that that's what we're seeing. I think that we're seeing that they're not trying to uh, get the best players from the United States on these rosters anymore. Now, does that mean that they're going to lose or that they should lose or anything like that? Not necessarily. Um, But uh, it's clear that not all the best players in the league are playing for this, and I can't blame them one bit once you go from playing a regular season and stopping because of COVID, and then, of course, you got all the Uh, equality rights movements and things like that, then you pick it back up. And it seems like after the Lakers won a championship, you know, then the season started back up again. And then there's a short season. And then now, now Olympic, it's a lot going on. And I can't necessarily blame some of the other guys for not playing. Um, But I think one of the reasons that we're seeing what it is, not even just because of from a parity standpoint and the roster construction is a little bit different, but I'm not sure that there's really like a leader on this Uh, I, uh, I feel like the, the, the most vocal leader that we probably see is a Draymond Green, but that doesn't translate to what he can actually do on the floor. Some people have questions if he is your leader. Kevin Durant, nobody's questioning yeah. who he is from a talent standpoint, but yeah, yeah. more so from a leadership standpoint, right. That does that, that, that is more of the case. So um, we'll see. I don't think that this team ultimately will get gold. Being an American, I certainly hope so. Uh, But I do like to see how much more competitive these other countries are. And it wouldn't surprise me the least bit after they lose their first two, win by, what, 28 on earlier this evening, getting ready to play, uh, I think, Australia up next, which is still going to be a really tough game, very losable game. I think that we'll see – we'll just have to wait and see once Booker and one or two other guys gets over from winning the finals – uh, exactly what's going to transpire with this team when it goes over to Tokyo, but there is by no means, JP, no means do I think that that they can it's a afford guarantee. to just it's kind no of miss- guarantee. no, not even close. And if I had to say one way or the other, I would say a lack thereof.
1: And here's the thing: I don't, I don't love about the about the roster. Is one there's not a true point guard. There's not a guy who you knows can be the guy to bring. They got a lot of shot makers, but they don't have a lot of facilitators and a lot of guys to set people up. I don't think they have a true point guard on the roster, and they don't at least have one big. I'm not saying he has to be the best big in the league, but you have to at least have one big that can rebound and can be a role player kind of guy. And if you go up against Spain or Australia that's got a seven-footer that can bang, you at least got to have one guy that can get in there and bang, not even to score, more to rebound and be the defensive guy, set the picks. I don't understand why they're not – Kevin Love
0: ain't that guy. No, he's not. No, he's not. And I agree with you on that. And I mean, if we're just being honest, you're looking at around the NBA, how many, uh, I feel like in some cases, the prototypical natural point guard is kind of being extinct. You have so many different combo guards now. When you think about Damian Lillard, you don't think facilitator or distributor. Same thing when you see a Russell Westbrook or some of these other guys, you don't really think, pure point guard you think combo guards guys that can set other guys up but are is that their specialty that's not really one of their things um maybe in the event that Trey Young was not going to be the high volume shooter on a team like he could have been that guy be more of a district he could have potentially had been that guy. What they lose from him on defense might be something a little bit different, uh, but he does have that in his game. Yes. And, a, uh, and to your point, agreeing with you, that is something that they seem to be lacking a little bit.
1: And I'm going to make a comment about your boy, about Popovich. And I, you're, I know you're and you're a great member of the media. Can you, come on, Greg, Greg Popovich, can you please have a little respect for the media? If the guy asks you a tough question or a question about why you're losing, do you have to be a total jackass all the time. Yeah. I mean, the guys do asking the right question. He's supposed to ask you that question, have the nuts yeah. or the cojones to say, you know what? We got beat tonight. We didn't play very well. I didn't coach very well. Instead of giving some big diatribe about, well, that ain't what was said, or that's not what we did. I just, I'm just tired of Greg Popovich and I'm just, and can yeah. somebody from USA basketball tell Greg Popovich to shut the hell up and answer the question be respectful?
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. And, uh, you know, that's that, that that that's one of those weird things. You know, we, we understand who you are. We understand what you mean to the game. Yeah. We understand the kind of great coach that you are and everything that you've accomplished and all the accolades. But you're, you're here to do your job. We as media are here to do our job. Yes. Me particularly, I like to ask the tough questions and maybe the ones in the room that everybody wants to ask, but don't have it to ask. Yeah. I'll be the person to ask that question. And if you go out there and you lay an egg uh, and, and I'm saying all this without hearing the exact question that the media member asked, nor hearing his response, but certainly reading about it and hearing about it, um, you know, just do your part. You you make a lot of money to come in here and coach and do all these other things. I think it's okay for us to talk about the things that we observe yeah. as media members and to ask questions and shouldn't have to shouldn't have to think you know twice about asking them necessarily as long as they are really good questions. And I I totally agree with you on that note. Um, sometimes I wish that it was me that I was asking the question and then getting a little bit of blowback uh, from. I just, I'm and, because and, and he does that all the time. It would have been Spurs. in full Deshaun Tate mode. And
1: and, and and I guess it's okay if you do that as the Spurs, if you're part of a team. But when you're representing the sure. country and you're representing the United States of America, sure. don't act like a jackass. Sure. You got sure. beat by a team that shouldn't sure. have beat you. Own up own up no. to it. Say, you know what, all we not. got our asses kicked tonight. We shouldn't have lost no. the game or we didn't play very well. You don't have to call anybody out, but but just answer the question in a respectful way.
0: Yeah, sometimes I just get, you know, a, a little curious as to whether um, some of those blowback comments and replies and responses are based on the fact that he knows that that's what people are looking for. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if pop answers a question like a regular person, then we're going to completely question or discount the way that he answered it's okay to just answer a question uh, in, in a very respectful way and, and to be straightforward about it and not have to be the angry, gr- the angry guy or the Grinch or so grouchy about every little thing. I'm I'm not really a fan of it. But nobody's banging down Deshaun Tate's doors except for Jason Powers to see what he thinks about and, it. And so. the other thing is,
1: I guarantee it was who the reporter was. If it would have been a guy like Craig Sager back in the day that have asked that question, he wouldn't have been such a jackass to to that reporter. For it to been a guy, a well, you know, a guy like Peter Vesey. I'm just picking some names. Jeff Van sure. Gundy, a fellow, of, a colleague of his, he would never have had that response. Sure. But when it's a guy that's kind of off the radar that asks the question, mm-hmm. then he thinks he can have the, mm-hmm. the, the, dictatorial control to say, shut up or let me answer it or be quiet. And all that. I just, I'm just tired of that with Greg
0: Popovich. I second that. Welcome to the party, JP. I've been waiting <laughs> on someone else to show up.
1: That's right. That's right. All right. We'll get you out of here. And last couple of things, your Detroit Pistons are on the clock. The number one pick in the draft here in a couple of weeks what are your thoughts on the draft? I mean, who's your top? I mean, I know probably Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Mobley are probably the top three prospects. Who, who who would you want your Pistons to take? And who? Do, how do you kind of rank the top three or four prospects?
0: Yeah, i said just go and get the right guy this time. The last time we're talking about the Pistons being this type of situation, we ended up with Darko Miller. Darko! I was trying Darko! Really hard to, I was trying really hard to forget about that. But every time I think <laughs> about the position they're in, I don't really have much of a choice, so I'll never live that one down and neither will they. Um, But just make the right pick. Make the right selection. I mean, listen, you don't want to get too cute with this thing, getting too fancy. I'm not sure if there's a right or wrong answer. Most people, fingers and signs will point towards Cade Cunningham. I'm not mad at that. My question is, or my thing is, I'm not really sure that I see special when I see Cade Cunningham. In that same breath, I'm not sure I see special in any player, particularly, uh, that will get picked. I do have uh, two names uh, of guys who probably don't deserve to get picked. Number one, I want to make sure I preface it first by saying that. But I want to say here on your program first, the two guys that I'm really, really in love with. Actually, three guys that I'm really, really in love with um, in terms of this draft is uh, uh, Cam Thomas from LSU who can absolutely, I mean, he's a scoring machine. He yeah. will be exact, a better version of, <clears throat> everybody's talking about uh, Taylor Horton Tucker right now from right. the Los Angeles Lakers right. and how how great he is of a scorer and just blossoming and developing his game. I think that uh, Cam, Cam Thomas is certainly that. Dayron Sharp, a big physical man in the middle from North Carolina last year. No idea how this guy is being talked outside of the lottery. Uh, And then the last guy is Josh Christopher from Arizona State, which the team didn't do very well. And he did okay. but I had higher expectations for him. And I think he's going to ultimately be a better pro than he is a college prospect. Um, But if, if you're the Detroit Pistons, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, you know, just go with Cade Cunningham if you feel like that's the way. Let's not get too cute. And I think Dwayne Casey mentioned something earlier, the head coach of the Pistons saying, you know, part of his interviewing process is asking some off the wall silly questions like, you know, how does a guy wake up in the morning and prepare and does he even make, wake, does he even make his bed up in the morning? Let me tell you something, Dwayne Casey. (laughs) I don't care if the guy makes his bed up in the morning. I don't care if he flips it over. I don't care if he pushes his bed out of the window for crying out loud. Listen, go and get the guy that can put the ball in the hoop and make you a much better team than being in the position that you are in currently to have a number one pick. Uh, obviously, these guys are all really good talents. Between he, Mobley, I thought Jalen Suggs deserved a lot more consider uh, consideration like. for potential. That's who Jaylen I like. Jalen Suggs I... out of Gonzaga. He's a tough kid. He's tough nosed kid, and he's really, really good. I think he deserves uh, some talk about number one much more than people are giving him. I agree. Um, but all four of those guys are obviously really good. I think we're going to see Kay Cunningham's name, uh, oh, hear his great. name being called first. But I think Suggs deserves a lot more. I, I see some Chris Bosch obviously in 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 and 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 Mobley. And I've been seeing uh, this kid Jalen Green since he was a freshman in high school and he's just Looked really good on all levels. Obviously, needs to develop a little bit more of a jump shot, but I wouldn't be mad if any of those four guys went number one. Me personally, I think it is certainly somewhere between Suggs and Cunningham, whether that be one A or one B, number one or number two. However you want to look at it, just pick the right guy. Don't mess this up, and that's going to be hard to do. Yep, it looks like looks like Willie game.
1: Green's about to be named the, the New Orleans Pelicans coach. From all indications, he's going to get the job. So. That obviously must be some – they must have had a good conversation with him involving Zion Williamson in the mix. I'm sure Zion was involved in some of that, that process, so good for Willie Green. I'm going to ask you a quick college question. and You may not know the answer, but I'll ask you. Co- Co- Coburn from Illinois withdrew from the draft. A bunch of these guys have withdrawn. What's the deal with Coburn leaving Illinois? They had a great run to the Final Four. Do you know anything about why? what's his deal in entering the transfer portal?
0: Well, while they, I think it was a second round or a Sweet 16 elimination. You're right you're, was right, you're, right, sorry, you're right. you're um, right. You're right. But, 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 uh, no, that's okay. But a great I, year I'm not trying to show yeah, you up by year. any means. Outside, uh, oh, and an outstanding year. Double, double machine. How he's not Shaquille O'Neal, I have no idea. Uh, if I'm just being honest, if he, yeah. did, I don't know how he's not doing Shaq like things out there. But no, listen, he's a phenomenal talent. I've been watching him since he was probably 17 or somewhere right up in that range. And he's just always been big, but he's really developed his game a lot. Um, given that opportunity to get out of situations, get still, uh, maybe test the waters, and then pull back from the NBA draft and not you know, being able to transfer schools and it not hurt you going forward right. is a big part. I think ultimately he probably will end up at Kentucky. That doesn't really? surprise me. That's the rumor. The second coming of like a bam at a bio type, right. I think is fairly spot on, if I'm being honest. Uh, and that'll be a really huge get for Coach Cal in the event they can land him. But I think anybody that gets Coburn, you're obviously getting a man amongst boys and um, you know, a really good talent and um, he's going to hear his name. Whenever he does decide to come out, I'm sure he's going to hear his name being called. I just want to see him look a little bit more like Shaquille O'Neal more than I already have, which is probably speaking some volume because we've seen quite a bit of some, some, some ish looking things in an orange yeah. and blue uniform.
1: No, I mean, he had a great year in Illinois. I was just surprised that he entered the transfer portal, you know, because the kind of year he had at Illinois and obviously seemed like he and the,
0: coach yeah, yeah. JP when when Cal calls your phone and mm-hmm. I know this personally from a, a buddy of mine uh, who's who, who, who played for for Memphis uh, listen and I know that family very well when Cal calls your phone not only do you answer but it's not even about being a coach Cal is a salesman yes he's gonna walk in there he's gonna say coach Cal things and as much as you know that in advance, It's going to, he's going to sell it to a point. It's going to be so hard to say no, right? That's just another one of the reasons why I believe. And I mean, can you blame him? Look at all the guys he's putting in the league. Sure. He's going to hit and miss on some, every coach is going to go through that coach K included and everybody else. But the reality is, listen, when he calls you, you got to answer and it's going to be hard to tell him no in advance. So, Ultimately, I think that that's where we will see Kofi Coburn next and this season. is
1: a big year for Cal at Kentucky. He can't have another disastrous year like he did last year. And what I do like that he's doing is, is he's going after guys that have got some experience, proven guys, Coburn.
0: Established.
1: I mean, yeah, guys that are produced correct. at the college level that might, that might need one more year to be ready to go to the NBA instead of bringing all these freshmen in where it's a, mm. a crapshoot. And if three out of four aren't very good, then your team's not going to be very good. So. Yeah. I at least give him credit for doing that because yeah, That's he got, very true. He he over he evaluated some guys last year in the in the class. <laughs> man, I'm gonna yes, let you go. Just talk. A Appreciate the bit. time, man. Great job. Tell the audience where they can find your podcast and in on on social media.
0: At Tate's Take Hoops on all social media platforms, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. We call it where basketball lives, and you can find the podcast, Tate's Take. Anywhere that you find your favorite podcast, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Red Circle, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you find your favorite. Uh, We stream live on YouTube as well as on Twitch, as well as on Facebook and on Periscope. Uh, We like to call it the best, the most entertaining, the most informational and the most educational uh, basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. So make sure you go and tell your mama, tell your grandmama and your baby mama where you can find all that. And that's nowhere else other than Tate's Take. Awesome. Are you still doing post-game shows after each finals game? From time to time, we try and do it as much as possible. Uh, We got a lot of AAU stuff going on. It's the live period for a lot of these high school kids right now, getting different offers from some of these schools. Every coach in the country has been coming into Georgia to check out some of the products, really huge hotbed around America, uh, being Atlanta. Um, So, we're doing the best that we can right now with the uh, finals coverage, uh, but we got a little bit of that, a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline, so we're just prepared. But uh, you better believe you will see some finals coverage relatively sooner than later.
1: Awesome, man. Well, great job, Deshaun. Have a great weekend and enjoy the finals, my man.
0: Thanks much. Appreciate you, JP.
1: You got it. Thanks. Have, Deshaun Tate, Tate's Take on Hoops. Appreciate you listening to the podcast, and we'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.